Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Warm enough to still wear flip-flops. I had to put on long pants for my daughter's chorus recital the other night. That was the first time, I think, since April. But it's starting to get a little chilly. I think my days are numbered. Awesome. Yeah, because it's currently sleeting here where I'm at. So uh, enjoy that flip-flop weather. But for all of you folks listening, we'll stop bullshitting about the weather. Welcome back to the South End Zone. Uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with my counterpart, Eric Mulher, as per the usual. Well, Eric, it's a long time no see, man. A couple of days here. I'm going to go ahead and knock out this episode so we can take next week off. I'm all about Christmas week off. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, were we not contractually obligated, I I just wouldn't do an episode at all. Right. God damn contracts. I know. Contract labor, right? It's terrible. So. Do you want to, I guess really the only breaking news uh, yesterday was National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose we could just quickly run down the top 10 here and okay. look at and look at any, you know, major surprises uh, if you had any. And I'm just going to run real general here right off the top. Alabama finishes with the number one class, dangerously close to surpassing Texas A&M's class from a year ago. This class is just absolutely stupid. Seven five-stars, 24 stars. Their only three-star is a kicker, and he's the number two kicker in the country. So pretty much just an absolutely ridiculous class. Uh, So I've gotten to the point where I'm not surprised at all by Nick Saban finishing with an number one class. I mean, are are we in agreement there? I think this is like, I want, I want to say I heard something like the ninth time in his 13 years or nine out yeah. of 13 years. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much standard procedure. So yeah. uh, Georgia at number two, I think that's also going to be standard procedure moving forward. Nothing crazy there. A couple of five stars, 21, four stars. So yeah. another it's becoming a trend also there, they finished out of the top three, I think once since Kirby got there and that was fourth. So indeed. And their three highest rated or four highest rated players in the class are all defensive studs. So mm-hmm. big shocker there. Uh, I'm sure, but uh, we'll be interesting to see who they stick under center next year. That'll be interesting. Uh, number three, Steve Sarkeesian. Texas, all that, uh, all that oil tycoon money, all that, that border regions down there, they got the NIL money flowing through Austin, Texas. Well, you should know that. I mean, did that surprise you to see Texas at number three? It did not me at all. No, right. They, Texas has always recruited pretty well, even when they were not very good. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, me either. Now, most surprising uh, pick of the top 10 for me first would be Miami. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I say surprised, but I'm also not surprised because John Ruiz, you know, the uh, life wallet collective owner. I mean, that, you know, he's a billionaire and he's funneling all that money to all those kids. But I mean, like if you're a player, aside from living in the city of Miami, which could be appealing to a 21 year old kid, what about playing for that football team is interesting? No fans go to the game. They get mm. the shit kicked out of them. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Well, I think if yeah. you're a high school recruit watching this year's Miami team, I, I think, A, you see an opportunity to play next year, like right off the bat. You know, Mario Cristobal has always been a highly regarded recruiter. 
you know, how he translates that into on-field results. You know, your mileage may vary. Uh, I know there's a lot of different opinions. I have my own that we won't get into on this segment, but I'm, I wasn't surprised to see Miami do well and, and land in the top 10. I was marginally surprised to see them. They spent a lot of yesterday at number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good chunk of of time yesterday at number three, so they were a little higher than I would expect. I thought they would do well, but yeah, not uh, not shocking. That you know, a, a guy can go. They need help, right? Is is kind of the, <laughs> the long and short. Oh, yeah. They they need help, and yeah, if you're a you're... you know four star linebacker, four star anything really, you're going to have an opportunity to play next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, when the guys you're coming in to replace were getting the shit kicked out of them by Middle Tennessee State yeah. midseason, uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you would think that any four star or above has got a great shot to contribute yeah. uh, early and, on. And, and they were, they were a fall from grace segment that we did last spring. Uh, they are mm-hmm. not what they used to be, but Miami is still a national brand as well. And it's a very good school. So they're, are some definitely some appealing aspects to going there. Well, their but, class is highlighted by a couple of uh, five-star offensive tackles. Yeah, they got so uh, that two of them, maybe like the top four in the country. Right. So uh, Cristobal is continuing that trend of recruiting big, beastly, massive offensive linemen. So that should help them at least in the interim. You know, get to where uh, they can keep a quarterback healthy for more than one to two games at a time. Yeah. So. Uh, good for them. Number five, also a little bit surprising, man, given the kind of season they had is Oklahoma highlighted by five-star Jackson Arnold. That guy, I don't know if you've seen any film on him. Dude's got a cannon. <laughs> he can sling it. He, there's a good he chance. He could, I mean, there's a good chance he could come in and start next year. Uh, well, I believe Dylan Gabriel's coming back, but I, I think it might be a uh, Clemson, you know, Clade Cub, Clade Cubnick type situation where, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, we're not, you're not going to be the guy right away, but you're going to get chances here and there to play and kind of get your feet wet. And, you know, we're not going to throw you to the wolves right off the bat, but I wasn't particularly surprised to see very similar to Miami. I, I'm not surprised that Oklahoma pulled in a top 10 class because again, they're a national brand and they've been really good much yeah. more recently than Miami has, but I was see them uh, was surprised to see them top five Indeed. ahead of, ahead of these next two teams. Yeah, that's uh, that's another one. You know, I, I mean, Oklahoma. Like, the, you go six and six this year. You know, Lincoln Riley kind of leaves you in the toilet. It'll be. I mean, there. I I think to me that you know, just side note here. I think they're one of the more interesting storylines going into twenty twenty three. You know, especially given that they're trying to work it to where this might be their last year in the Big Twelve, uh-huh. and so, you know what. <laughs> Like, what are they going to do in their last season over there, getting ready to transition to the SEC? I think them and Texas will both be really yeah. compelling. It's interesting lines. to have, you know, you're you're transitioning from one coach to another, and you're also starting kind of the transition process from one conference to another. And maybe the, the styles of play aren't as drastically different as people might make them out to be, but they are different uh, to some degree. So kind of more than one thing, you know, multiple changes uh, occurring at the same time. Interesting. I think they're a, a really intriguing team to watch going into next year. Well, Lord knows they got a couple of, you know, four-star or five-star defensive players that sign with them, and hopefully they yeah, can they teach more them. Of them. Yeah, the, hopefully they can continue to – maybe those guys can come in and teach the other players how to tackle because uh, uh, I don't think anybody on Oklahoma's defense knows how. <laughs> it's a perishable <laughs> but, skill. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, number six, Ohio State. You know they continue to churn uh, out big time classes and big time athletes, and you know, big shocker that they end up with uh, two five or you know, depending on what service you're looking at, two five star wide receivers to headline the class. Big shocker yep. there. Stunning. Brian Hartline continues to bring in the massive wide receiver talent. So nothing overly surprising there. The only question mark to them going into next season will be who's taking the snaps you know that's that's really all we're gonna it will be interesting because i you know they they had a a backup transfer uh jack miller went to florida before this past season they had uh dylan riola was the number one quarterback in this class or 2024 the 2024 class yeah uh and instead of waiting a year they actually plucked a kid from pure south dakota who 
be interesting to see just kind of the jump from South Dakota two A football to the Big Ten. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the the kid's a really good athlete. He he could probably play mid major basketball, but I don't know that he would necessarily. They might be looking at portal guys. You know, as kind of a bridge. Yeah, uh, for a year. Indeed, and really impressive first season for this next coach, which is uh, LSU. Brian Kelly. You know, finishes number seven in his first season. Has a good year. You know, wins nine games and. You know, arguably should have won 10, but they basically took a week off there uh, the last week of the season against Texas A&M. But yeah, well, see, they could have easily there. won 11. Yeah, they they were a couple of play, you know, one or two plays away from winning 11 there. So it uh, one of those things. But uh, good first season for him. They finished at number seven. And they've got some big time athletes coming in, highlighted by a five star offensive tackle. So, and they are losing some guys, you know, via vis-a-vis draft and graduations and other things. So there'll be a a lot of opportunity there to play. And number eight is his former team. Marcus Freeman comes Mm -hmm. in in his first season with a number eight recruiting class, which to me, super impressive at a school like Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, and you look is okay. Well, it's, it's, he's doing that on the strength of 24 stars. And I think there's a perception that, there's some gigantic difference between a five-star and a four-star player. And there, I assure you, is not. Most recruiting services have a basically just a set number, uh, like 24-7 sports, who, in my opinion, is is probably the best uh, source because they, they do the composite ratings where they take other services and kind of mix them all up and then average, and then they weight their own. They have their scouts all over the place. But yeah. they do 32 a year, five stars. So, you know, just because you're not a five-star doesn't mean you can't still be one of the 50 best high school players in the country. So don't read too much into the five and four-star if a, if a team has loaded up on, like Notre Dame has, on four-stars because it's still 20 guys who are projected to be multi-year starters at the college level. Indeed. And, you know, they he didn't finish off the season last year all that shabby. You know, because he took over at the end of the year when Brian Kelly left, yep. and he managed to keep a lot of the players in that recruiting class, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, signed a couple of big time four star linebackers. He's got a couple of more coming back, so I expect Notre Dame's defense to be pretty ferocious uh, next year again. You know, because they they were pretty good for most of the season, outside of you know a couple of uh, hiccups there early in the year. But uh, number nine. This one's a little bit curious to me. Tennessee, I think it's largely headlined by the quarterback whose name it I'm is. not even going to attempt. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, Nico Iamalieva. Uh, yeah, that guy. Really highly rated kid. There's been a lot of talk about him over the course of the year from when he committed uh, in terms of, you know, eight million dollars. NIL. Yeah, I don't. It's one <laughs> yeah. of those like I don't believe that yeah. number for a second. Uh, I'm well, sure he'll do, do well. He'll he'll make I that. Believe- you know, he'll make more money than it. I do. You That's don't believe $8 million? You don't think so? No, I don't. I believe I, it. I mean, Bryce Young's making close to $2 million a year. So, right. I mean, so you're, you're telling me that someone's going to throw four times as much money as the Heisman Trophy winner got to a, a high school kid who weighs 180 pounds? Well, I think, uh, okay, let me ask you this way. If you, if you're a, an NIO collective or a school, you know, if Mulhair Tech needs a five-star quarterback, mm-hmm. what do you think you're going to have to pay to get one? I mean, honestly, like a five-star top five, you know, this uh, this guy, he's the number two or three quarterback in the nation. I mean, honestly, what do you think you're going to have to pay to get that guy? I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would have to pay him $8 million. Hmm. Well, I don't know if you maybe not if he's the only guy I've ever seen a number like that associated with. (laughs) Well, Mulher Tech might be a prestigious university that pumps out NFL that pumps out NFL talent year in and year out. No, we're a developmental program. We're like Cincinnati. (laughs) But I'm going to take a bunch of three stars and then I'm going to have eight draft picks. But at a place like Tennessee, that's been in a dumpster for you know about twenty years you know, close to it, aside from one decent year in 2007 and a good year this year, 
uh, might be a little bit more difficult and you might have to pay a little more. So I don't know that 8 million might be a number, but it would not shock me one bit to think that he's getting a million dollars a year. If not, I, I, I mean, I can that. see where they reach an agreement with him where if he was in school for four years and he met certain benchmarks in terms of, you know, playing time or performance or this or that, and that did all this promotional stuff and where it could total up to something approaching $8 million. Yeah. No one gave the kid a stack of cash in a McDonald's bag, you know, with eight million bucks in it and say, you know, come and roll here. Yeah, that we know of. All right. So moving on from Tennessee, uh, Clemson closes out the top 10. So nothing surprising there. Another impressive class for Dabo, you know, and I think it's because he built that program in the. Oh, don't, in, uh, don't do it. <laughs> N- number 11, Oregon. <laughs> He built that program in God's name, image, and likeness. <laughs> That's, I just, honestly, as soon as I saw that, my first thought that went through my head was, I have to put this in the group chat and tag Eric because he's going to get triggered. Yeah, instantly. my first thought was, where's the nearest cliff? <laughs> so good. Man, he got absolutely roasted on Twitter for that. He deserves so, every bit of it. Um, you're not the only one. And I mean, I'm not throwing any shade here at Dabo. You know, if he's a godly man, I'm all for that. No, and that's you know, fine. I, no issue with that at all. I, I respect it. I just, it doesn't, no, I don't. Number 11. <laughs> I just want to move on. Uh, Oregon <laughs> right. finished 11th. They were well into the top 10 a couple of different times yesterday. There were some flips in yes. and out. I had the, the 24-7 sports YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulled up kind of in the background for much of the day as I was, uh, yeah, they, they flipped a couple kids and then they lost a couple. They had a guy, they had a guy that they flipped from Notre Dame that yesterday that signed with Oklahoma to, today. Yeah. Flipped to Oklahoma today. I, mm-hmm. Strange. I need to read. I need to look up commitment in the dictionary again and, and brush up on what that word means. But, uh, and then uh, Florida was in the top two- 10. The definition of commitment in college football would be who pays me the most. It might. I mean, maybe that's it. But Florida uh, Bayou Billy was in the top 10 for much of yesterday as well. And they finish at 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Texas A&M falls back to 13. That's what happens when you don't pay $30 million for your recruiting class. Or, or you pay a bunch of kids a bunch of money. It doesn't go well. And you got to spend half of them. Indeed. Uh, and then the uh, the only other one that I really want to talk about here, there's two more that I want to mention. Michigan at 17. Mm-hmm. Yes. Harbaugh continues to just, you know, be pretty mediocre, but still in the top 25 in recruiting. You know, they've had some good years where they've been in the top 10. Yep. But most, most of the time, this is about where he's at. So yes. I don't know if so, it's just uh, they develop players better than – you know, Ohio State say or well, it's it's two things. It's partly that. Well, you know, they got the kid from Virginia last year who was utterly impressive and dominant this year at center. I mean, it was a yeah, he, but, yeah. For instance, I think he won the Remington, didn't he? He did. So you know, you take a guy like that who can you just plug him in, and by the way, he wins the Remington. It's like okay, so a yeah. couple of home runs in the transfer portal. I would imagine that will continue. Yeah, uh, Michigan and Florida State had a very similar year where they're they're in the mid to late teens, and they did fine recruiting at the high school level. They got you know their share of four stars, and they have a little bit of a track record of developing guys. But they also yeah. both did very very well filling spots and trying to get some impact players through the, the transfer portal. Michigan was one, and Florida State is two in the current transfer portal rankings. With yeah, there uh, you go. Six or seven commits for Michigan and six for Florida State. And they're, you know, not a wide margin, but there's a clear separation between them and UCLA, who is third. Yeah. And so, you know, and plus with the the offensive system that Michigan runs, you know, they don't really have to recruit any big dog wide receivers, you know, like that helps. Having a guy like Ronnie Bell certainly helps. But but they did anyways. Um, Yeah. Right. They still go out and get some four-star wide receivers, but you know, if you, if they're missing the primo 
Travis Hunter type player, it's like, eh, okay, well, they're still going to have good running backs. They're still going to have big beasts up front. You know, they're going to be fine. So, yeah, I think they're just very particular in what type of player they're looking for. And they just right. kind of write off, no, okay, you know, that guy's a good player. He wouldn't be as good a player for us as maybe this other kid who we might have an easier time getting or we're not competing with, you know, the Clemsons or the Oklahomas of the world for. Right. And the only other one that I wanted to touch on here was uh, I was actually really surprised because I ha- I don't keep up with recruiting as much as I used to uh, because of the transfer portal. And, right. you know, that just kind of like, you know, it just made it like, to yeah, it's, not, like it's well, not as impactful or important. Right. It's I like, so think. what, you know, that you finish with the number 10 class this year, 50% of your roster might be gone, you know, so it, it just doesn't have the same weight, but. I was really shocked to see Auburn at number 20 here. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. I, I saw that um, on the on the TV, right, like I was talking about where, oh, well, Auburn, they flipped a kid from Florida State, and those guys on, on the show spent, you know, probably 20 minutes talking about it. Um, yeah. And I, I looked up Auburn this morning, and I was like, man, you know, Hugh Freeze has been there a month, and they got him up to 20th. Like, it almost makes you wonder what Brian Harson was doing for two years. Indeed. I'm not sure recruiting was a big part of it. Uh, And then I did want to make a quick note before we close out the recruiting discussion. Uh, Mike Leach in his final season coaching football uh, passes away and finishes with a top 25 recruiting class at Mississippi state. I mean, to me, that is just, that's extremely impressive. I mean, am I crazy? Like you play in the sec West and you're a bottom feeder most of the time. And Leach has turned him into an eight-win team who has a top 25 recruiting class coming in. It's one of those, it's like, man, really would have liked to see what they would have brought next year under Leach. And I hope this new guy that takes over, you know, does well. But, you know, great job by him getting a top 25 class in there and, you know, giving them some hope for the future, I suppose. Yep. But uh, anything else on the recruiting trail that we need to touch on before we move on? on i'm actually just scrolling down to see that uh the fighting camels finished 82nd in the country oh okay all right well yeah i think they were like what 77th last year they were they were 80th ish last year i I think they were maybe a touch higher but yeah they got 17 three stars oh man which uh at an fcs school i I can't imagine there's an fcs school that recruited higher than them i'm just kind of (laughs) scrolling through i don't see one yeah yeah campbell Um, turn it into a powerhouse good thing we put them on the map that's right we're still waiting on some kind of uh media credentials to come in the mail there or maybe a scholarship offer for your i'm like that kicker kid i'm like that i'm like that meme of the skeleton sitting in the computer monitor just waiting (laughs) (laughs) yeah indeed all right well we're gonna take a quick break and then we will be right back with you and we're gonna jump into some bowl games and uh some playoff semifinal matchup previews so we'll be right back (laughs) DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl and this is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season, and I love doing the same game parlays. Uh, they've got easy and fast payouts. You know, they've got lots of different options, player props, all kinds of things that you could bet on. So right now, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, etc. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So I always like to play multiple parlays. You know, I throw out a five or six leg parlay every week. And sometimes it pays off for me, sometimes it doesn't. But man, when those do hit, it's there's no better feeling than knowing you bet you know whatever it may be five bucks and you end up winning 50 or 60 or you know if you're a big better and you throw down 50 bucks and you win five or 600 it's just it's a really good uh, fun time when those actually hit so so hopefully you've hit a couple of those this year or you're willing to lay down some cash on the nfl games this weekend and hit one or two uh but now to hit any of those the first thing you got to do is you got to download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use our promo code 
TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. And then you got to place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Now, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply there, so check out our show notes for those details. Okay, welcome back to the South End Zone. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. All right, Eric, so we've covered some recruiting action. Yep. Now we're going to jump into the bowl games, what remains of them, the ones we have not discussed yet. And there is currently one bowl game going on at the moment, and Air Force is giving Baylor the business. So you are looking good on that pick there, and I'm looking bad. Yeah, I, thought, I think I saw 6 nothing towards the end of the first quarter. I haven't looked since then. Yeah, it is nine to nothing, and Air Force is driving. Uh, yeah, it's first and ten on their own twenty, so nine to nothing. But yeah, not great. They missed an extra point earlier and kicked a field goal. So Baylor not doing a whole lot. Doesn't seem terribly interested in playing. So uh, not not great, Bob. But uh, all right, so we're gonna jump right in here, and some of these we're gonna take ten seconds to talk about, mm-hmm. and some of these we might. <laughs> You know, who knows? We might end up spending five minutes on one. So uh, first game I'm going to throw at you is the Terrapins. Okay. Maryland and NC State and the old Dukes Mayo Bowl. So which head coach has taken a, a Dukes Mayo bath after this one? What, what's your take here? Because it's a, a one and a half point spread. Yep. Uh, NC State is a one and a half point dog. Yeah. The total yeah Mike, is- Mike Loxley needs to get ready for a bath. oh man Loxley I never know what to do about Maryland man I honestly like this game 47 and a half I would I kind of want to like lean to the over but well the kind of the big thing in my mind is you know Devin Leary's not going to play so I don't know what NC State's going to do Maryland seemed like a little more of a sure bet and I'm not I'm not convinced they aren't the better team anyways. It's kind of, you know, which is probably why it's a point and a half uh, as it is. But I would probably lean towards the over because I do think Maryland is going to put up some points and they don't play real great defense. Yeah, no, they don't play any defense. And uh, that's why I kind of lean towards, you know, NC State, maybe not being all that interested in playing. Maybe their defense gives up some points. Maryland, we know they're going to give up points. Uh, we could stick whoever out there at quarterback, and I'm pretty sure they could put up points on Maryland's trash defense. So with NC State's defense, I'm going to pick them to win. I'm just going to take them with the points here, uh, plus one and a half, and say they cover and get a win here. And, you know, that that's really the only take I've got. I think their defense is much better than Maryland's, and I'm going to go with defense winning the ball game here. Uh. Uh, all right, moving to, let's see, the Sun Bowl, CBS, December 30th, 2 p.m. kickoff. All right. <sighs> Narduzzi, man, your boy, Narduzzi. Yep. You're a well-documented Narduzzi hater. Are you going to continue that and bet on UCLA at minus three and a half here? Yes. This opened at minus five and a half. It's down to minus three and a half. And the total is also down three points to 54 and a half. I, I'm not sure why it closed. I haven't really kept up. I'm, I'd assume it centered around opt-outs like i don't Mm -hmm. know if if dtr or zach charbonnet or somebody said that they're not playing um yeah which which could be in in which case i might regret this but yeah i'll take uh i'll take the bruins Mm. well i'm right in line with you there i'm going to take ucla as well uh the point spread more than a field goal i mean i I'm okay with that. I suppose I'll just take that. Yeah, I'll take the points at three and a half. I, I don't hate it. You know, it's not it's not one I love, but I'll go ahead and just lay the points with UCLA here and just let it ride. Uh, and, you know, if you are a better, you do need to look and see who is playing and who is not because, no. you know, there's a good chance that Charbonnet is not playing given that he's, you know, 
a surefire bet to the NFL. He might have already announced. I don't know if he has or not. But uh, all right. So next on the docket, Ohio, the Bobcats is facing the Cowboys, Wyoming, in the oh God. What is the the Arizona the Barstool? The Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. I mean, what are we? Good God. Barstool sponsoring a bowl game. What a joke. Uh, okay. Another one and a half point spread, Eric. I took Ohio. I, mean, I just I just said one and a half. Give me the points. I'll lay them with Ohio. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't know a ton about either of these teams. I know that Wyoming got worked over by uh, Illinois early on in the year. Yes. I, that might have been like a week zero game even. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess give me Ohio. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Nothing to really talk about with the game. Not all that interesting. That's a uh, 4.30 p.m. kickoff on the 30th. All right, so let's get into some actual football teams here. And uh, we're going to talk about the Sugar Bowl. So do we want to cover... Well, we also got the Relia Quest Bowl. That's later that's what I was going to say. Yeah, let's, let's. I don't even know uh, who that is. It's just Relia Quest in my notes. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's Mississippi State in Illinois. Yeah. Let, okay. So let's cover the the Relia Quest and then the uh, and then the LSU and Purdue the Citrus Bowl. Let's cover those two before we move to the New Year's Six games. Okay. And oh, okay. That's fine. Yep. Okay. Those two got it. Yeah which is Mississippi State and Illinois. So uh, the, our dear departed Mike Leach's team is facing off against uh, Bielma, the man who has never been full. Mm-hmm. And uh, Illinois is a one-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, ESPN2 at noon on the 2nd. So as bad as I hate to bet against Mississippi State, or forum here because you just don't know how a team's going to respond to something like this. I kind of just, I don't know. What do you, where, where are you at on it? Uh, I think of in light of the situation with Mike Leach and the fact that they're playing this game in a stadium that has an actual pirate ship in it. I'm going to take the bulldogs. Oh man. That's a good call. I do. Um, uh, like Mississippi state here. I took, uh, I, and part of that them. is just I would like to see them win it. Uh, nothing certainly against Bielema. I've I've been on the bus all year, but Indeed. just uh, kind of they put a nice bow on the Mississippi State season and you know that whole that whole deal. I, I would like to see them win, so I'll pick. Yeah, them. I mean you, it would be nice to see them get to nine and four here. And uh, I did take them in my bowl pick them that I did. So uh, Mississippi State, I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the points at one and a half and just say, give me Mississippi State because the money line's also negative there with them. So it's anybody's game according to Vegas. All right. And the last one we're going to talk about before we get into the New Year's Six, uh, it's a couple of real football teams here LSU and Purdue. Big spread here. LSU's a 14 and a half point favorite here. Man, is Purdue going to be able to cover that in the Citrus Bowl here? I think they cover it, but I still think LSU wins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think this one could get ugly <laughs> personally. Like, I just, I don't see Brian Kelly's team coming in here and like laying an egg and not playing hard. You know, I mean, their, their quarterback's already announced he's coming back next yep. year. He's going to play. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I think this game could get ugly. I mean, yeah, Purdue I mean- loses their coach. You know, and they've got an interim coach in there. It's just, I don't, I don't know, man. I think uh, we could see some some portal ejections for Purdue after this game. And yeah, I I think, my I thing think, is, I think I've seen. I know BJ Ojolari is one, uh, and I want to say there is another LSU player who is already opted out um, for the draft. Maybe defensive like back, a, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know Jaden Daniels is coming back. I just don't know that. Yeah. Purdue really is any good. Um, yeah, I mean, so. they're eight and five in a year in which the Big Ten West was just a dumpster fire. Right. Just, it's just extremely mediocre. But I mean, if you're a better and you don't want to take a chance on LSU at 14 and a half, then, uh, you know, okay. But I personally, I think that game gets ugly. That's just mm. my two cents. But, you know, it is a bowl game. So you never know. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some now no shit actual talent 
Okay, so we're going to get into the New Year's Six and the playoff matchups here. First one, I'm just going to start at the top of this list here. Alabama and Kansas State. We know Bryce Young and Will Anderson are both playing. Uh, Alabama is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Where are you at? Um, Boy, I, I've been a K-State fan. I, you know, I was on them even into the preseason. They were kind of my my dark horse. They, We all agreed that – their their Vegas total was a game, maybe two games, uh, too low, and that they were going to be pretty good. Having said that, I feel like defensively Alabama is going to be fast enough to to keep them in check a little bit. So I like Alabama minus the points. So I think they win and I think they cover, but it's not going to be, you know, I don't think it'll be some bloodbath either. I think it could be a bloodbath, but given that it's a bowl game, and I don't know. You know, again, this this boils down to how interested are they? Yeah. Uh, I think if this were a regular season game, it would be a seventeen and a half point spread. Like, am I crazy? Uh, I mean, it might, but it also could be. You know, we've talked about Alabama and point spreads this year, and you know, Vegas is maybe wising up to. Uh, I don't say wising up, but being a little it, bit more cautious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not giving them quite as much credit as they did against you know teams like A and M or Texas or whoever. Um, but there's definitely potential there with Alabama to have kind of that, uh, like you're talking about, I think back to the Georgia-Texas Sugar Bowl, where you know Georgia thought they had a case to be in the playoff, didn't make it, went to the Sugar Bowl, and they were just kind of, yeah, you know, just they were very ineffectual and just sort of there, and they got, you know, they got beat by two scores against decent, but not certainly not great Texas team. And the potential for that is there, but I, I do think Alabama does win. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you. I've got Alabama in the points here. I'm just going to lay them. I think yeah. uh, if Alabama is not going to win, you'll know by halftime just by watching body language. Yeah, I, I I would agree there. And I think this is one of those things where it's just the the talent gap is too wide, you know. No, and this is not an indictment on Kansas State. I think they're a really good team. Kleiman's a really good coach, but I just don't think they have the same caliber of athletes that Alabama has, especially on the defensive side, like you say where they've got dudes who are fast enough to really give K-State some problems. So um, Alabama and the points. All right, so next, uh, let's talk about the Cotton Bowl here, Eric. Tulane, 11-2 and two this year. Extremely impressive year for them. They are facing off against Caleb Williams and USC here. <sighs> it's a two-and-a-half-point spread. I, I don't know. It I, seems a little bit close, no? It does. I don't. Uh, and for some reason, the the site that we use for these lines isn't really showing like an open and any line movements. It's just here's the current line, but uh, two and a half seems light. So I I would think Tulane is catching more than that. I I think USC is. Uh, it would be kind of like the Sugar Bowl to a lesser extent as far as talent disparity and probably team speed. Yeah, I, I have know, no uh, I have no doubt that Tulane can score here. I think Tulane yeah. will be able to put up some points. I mean, an over. Yeah, I was about to say. I think I like the over more than anything. But as far as picking yeah. the winner, I think USC will will win and cover. Yeah, I would agree. If it's less than a field goal, give me the Trojans. I, I'm with you there. So, and you can get it. The I mean, if you're a if you're a Tulane better, you can get it at two and a half. If you're a USC better, you can get it at two in some places. So that's it. That's the best you can get. I don't know why that. That is the way it is, but that's just where we're at. So, yeah, give us both the Trojans there. And then uh, then let's go to the Rose Bowl here So before we get into the playoff matchup. So Rose Bowl, Penn State, 10-2, and two, good year for Franklin. Yep. Utah, the Pac-12 champ, beat USC there in the Pac-12 title game after beating them earlier in the year. They finished 10-3, and three, great year for them. Uh, cashing on that over for us. But uh, Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite here, and – I I want to lay the points with Utah. Am I nuts if it's less than a field goal? I think if it's less than a field goal, yeah, I would I would bet Utah. I, now, this is probably the bowl game I'm looking for, certainly among the New Year Six. This is the bowl game I'm looking forward to most as far as oh, yeah. what what I think will be a really, really good game. So I just wonder about like how effective can Sean Clifford be against Utah's pass rush, you know, because, I mean, if they do some of the similar stuff that they were doing against USC <laughs> – where they were harassing Caleb Williams all night and just yeah. in his face and drilling him. Like if you see some of that going on, 
Penn State could really struggle in this it, game. It, and it has potential, I think, to get out of hand. I just I think Penn State will be able to run the ball more effectively against them than USC was able to when Travis Dye was out. Yeah. And, and I think Penn State is much, much believe it or not, uh, much better on defense than USC was. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And uh, you can book this right now. Penn State will be very, very much in the conversation to win the Big Ten next year. You can book oh. that. Yeah, heard certainly. it here first. Yeah, so, so I, I do like Utah to win a close one, but I th- I think it should be a fantastic game. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we are both on Utah there, and the total I would not touch. It's a fifty-one and a half. I just I would leave it alone and enjoy the game, but I do expect Utah to win. All right, so playoffs. Kid me. Uh, all right, so let's start with TCU and Michigan here in the Fiesta Bowl. <sighs> Seven and a half. I I got to be honest, man. After what I've seen from Michigan this year against Ohio State, but then you flip on and look at how they played against Illinois when they were looking ahead to Ohio State, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things like, are they going to be looking ahead to Georgia or Ohio State potentially? You know, I mean, like I, I could see a spot where eh, it's TCU. They're, you know, they're kind of just a flash in the pan. We don't think they're that good. You know, they had a great year in the Big 12, but whatever. You know, I mean, am I, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? Like, no, I get you see what, them I get what you're saying. ahead a little bit? I get what you're saying. I just don't see it happening. You don't think so? Um, no, because the Illinois game, you, you know, you're playing Ohio State the next week, regardless. Yeah. And I think it's different where, hey, you know, if, if we look past these guys and come out and get beat, we don't have Ohio State next week. We don't have Georgia next week. We've got cleaning out our lockers next week. So I think there will be a little more sense of urgency there. And if you don't show up for a playoff game fully locked in, then you don't deserve to be there anyways. And you're going to get rolled and that's fine because that's what you got coming. So I think Michigan is going to come out and just beat them up up front. So I think TCU will hang for a while. And if they can hit a big play here or there, they can stay in it until probably mid third quarter, late third quarter. But I expect Michigan to pull away and probably win by two scores. See, and this is one of those interesting matchups to me because all year you look at what Michigan's been doing, right? They they dick around for the first half, and then, like you say, they just end up beating you up and pulling away, right? And then you look at a team like TCU, who is the complete opposite, but in a different way. Like they will screw around to the point where they're losing, mm-hmm. and then they will fight back and end up winning. And sneak it out. Yeah. Yes. They end up like sneaking out a victory over somebody or covering a spread on a long bomb, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they will let a team hang around for four quarters. And so it's like two teams that both screw around in the first half. Like it would not shock me if it's three to nothing at the end of the first half and the final score is 30 something to 20 something. You know what I mean? Like they're both really strong second half teams. So that, I don't know. I find that a really interesting storyline about it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I like the matchup in terms of contrasting styles. I think it'll be fun to watch. It just kind of once you, once you get into the, you know, unboxing, I call it the money rounds or the championship rounds, that type of thing where into the fourth quarter, I, I think Michigan's physical superiority up front is going to start taking its toll. And I think you'll start seeing big eight, 10, 14 yard chunk run plays from them. Indeed. Well, we know after the season, Max Duggan is off to the NFL, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he could do in his potential final game here. And honestly, it wouldn't break my heart to see uh, TCU win. (laughs) You know, whatever, but I don't, I kind of hope to see Michigan win here because I think Michigan would have a better chance against Georgia. And uh, that's who we're going to talk about with our last game here before we get to a national championship preview. Georgia and Ohio State, man. Georgia's a six and a half point favorite. Can Ohio State do it? Can they do it? Can they? Sure. They're I mean, they, they got manhandled by Michigan. Well, manhandled. yeah, this game has the potential to look a lot like the Michigan game in terms yes. of you know, back and forth for a little bit. And then just like I, you know, we talked about with Michigan TCU. Yeah. You know, Georgia is the the far more physical team by a wide margin. Uh, yes. So, you know, and I, I kind of feel like this game won't be close either way. You know, <laughs> no. I can I can see where Ohio State is able to move the ball down the field on deep shots because we've seen some teams have some success against Georgia doing that, just not 
a lot all at once. You know, it's it's been in spurts where Georgia's looked beatable. Um, it's just no one's managed to beat them, you know, and take advantage of a bad half quarter or anything like Alabama did last year. So the the formula is there is just can they execute it? And I'm sure that's a point of concentration for Georgia between now and then for practice as far as, hey, this is what they like to do. You know, we have to cover this. We got to be ready for that. Now, the one thing I would say working in Georgia's favor is, well, one of the many things. Um, defensively, they're going to get after C.J. Stroud, who does not make plays with his feet. He's really, he doesn't concern you moving no. out of the pocket, right? No. So you talk about when they played uh, Bryce Young last year in the SEC championship game, they got beat down the field. and. Yeah. They didn't really make it a point to get after Young, and I think part of that is they were maybe scared of his escapability and be able to, yeah. you know, go scramble for 15 yards on third down, and that really worked against them. We saw that in the title game; they were they were much more aggressive as far as bringing pressure. Yes, and well, against and I, you know, C.J. Stroud for for as good of a passer as he is, you can do that, and if you can kind of get him off rhythm and make him move his feet, he's not the same guy, and he's not going to run away from you, especially those dudes. Yeah, that's I. I'm in 100% agreement with you here. I think it all is on C.J. Stroud's shoulders. Like he's going to have to, one, they're going to have to keep him upright. I mean, that's that's the number one thing. Like if I'm Ohio State, the number one thing that I'm concerned with is not scoring. It you know, it's not routes. It's not how I play on defense against Brock Bowers or whatever. It's how the fuck do I block Jalen Carter? <laughs> like, how do I block that guy? Because I mean, honestly, like it's such a challenge, like we've talked about, to throw a double team at him because they're so deep up front. But man, you cannot single block the guy, or he'll just pitch a tent in your backfield and make your life a nightmare all night. Yeah, you can decide. Hey, I'm going to double him on every snap that he's in. There's there's a shelf life on that because you're you're singling up everybody else. And if they bring an extra guy, then you're in trouble with the guy who, you know, CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud moves about as well as I do. And when, <laughs> when you're talking about a quarterback at the power five level playing in a national semifinal, that's not a good comparison. No, no. Uh, to me, like Ohio state, I don't, I think this boils down to one thing for them aside from how to block Jalen Carter. And that's, can they run the ball? If they cannot run the ball against Georgia, they will get crushed. I mean, if, you know, that's bottom line. The the games that Ohio State has been really successful this year, it's because they were able to rip off big chunks with guys like Travion Henderson and others, you know, late in the game. You know, like Notre Dame, for instance. You know, they rip Penn off State. some – Yeah, Penn State. They rip off some huge runs in the fourth quarter and, you know, pull away. And if they can't run the ball against Georgia, they're screwed. Like, yeah. I don't think. That- and when you say that, like, they don't have to come out and run for 200 yards. No. They just no. have to run well enough to where you don't just eat up some clock. Like, just yeah, you don't eat sit up- back in quarters and keep everything yeah. in front of you. You just yeah. have to be a credible threat to run the ball where you're not one dimensional. Well, and there's such a, like Georgia is such a clock control team. You know, they control the tempo of the game in every game they play. And if, you know, you allow them to do that, if you're Ohio State and you come out and you go three and out right out of the gate, it's like, oh, shit, here we go. You know, so they're going to have to, what I would expect to see is a lot of dink and dunk type stuff, a lot of Marvin Harrison Jr. trying to get open, create some matchups, you know, that kind of stuff. Don't give, like, don't give Georgia's defensive line time. You got to, like, one, two, throw. Like make something happen, and if they can run the ball, they got a chance. But man, yeah, I'm I, just I, I, I think the, I can't do it. I, I got Georgia here. Like you know, I would say if you told me the line was thirteen and a half, I would still take Georgia. Really, you think they're that much? I think. I mean, what? But you just you look at Ohio State, man. Like this is not. I, I'm going to use the Hunter Ballou Clemson argument. Like this is not the Ohio State team that you used to know. Like every time they've gotten in a big game the last three years, they've gotten smoked, absolutely smoked. Clemson drilled them in the playoffs three years ago. Uh, Alabama absolutely destroyed them in the national championship in 2020. And then last year they get manhandled by Michigan and miss the playoffs. And then this year they get manhandled by Michigan again and squeak into the playoffs 
I just I, I don't see how you're going to take that and then put it up against the number one team and expect it to be any different. I guess. Yes, I mean stylistically, it's not a great matchup for them because it's Georgia's the type of team that they've not done well against lately, and it's not the type of team that they beat right with their type of game in terms of throwing <laughs> the ball down the field. Yeah, so it's like like, you, like you, the you screen can't beat game, Michigan, and you're about to face a team that runs the same type of sort of right. system. It's like Michigan fucking, plus. Yeah, and they beat the shit out of Michigan last year. So yeah. the I, screen game for Ohio State is off the table. Yes. Uh, yes. You, you're you're just. I don't think you're going to have time no. to let the, <laughs> those plays develop, and then you know Georgia has linebacker, you know, uh, Dumas Johnson, uh, Smile Mond, and all the, those guys are just as fast as your running backs. Yeah. So they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna track those dudes down. And that, <laughs> well, that, it just. I mean, the other side of the ball is the same thing. You know, they've got to figure out a way to stop Brock Bowers, and honestly, I don't know that anyone can do that. And I certainly don't think that Ohio State's defense is good enough to do that. So I think they're going to pick their spots with in the passing game. Just I think the real challenge for Ohio State is can you stop the run? Yeah, because I don't know. Would would Stetson Bennett be the first walk on ever to win two national titles? Well, he'd be on the short list for at least in the to win two national like in the poll era. In the poll era, he would have to be the only walk on to ever quarterback a team to two national championships yeah I'd, I'd have to pretty nuts like right offhand no i think everyone else has a, a highly regarded out of high school yeah. type quarterback mm-hmm. um you know even even the early saban alabama teams had yeah guys that, i mean had guys know, that Greg, showed up on scholarship you know greg oh, McElroy yeah. or aj yeah, McCarron or whoever a, i think McElroy was a three-star guy out of texas you know he was chase daniels back up in high school so you know, he's still a big time prospect as far as nationally goes. I mean, three right. stars, you know, it's not it's not some slouch guy you've never heard of. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, I, I just don't think anybody can beat Georgia, man. I said at the beginning of the year they were the best team and I've stuck with that all year. And that just I don't think Ohio State can hang with them. We'll see. <sighs> all right. So we will check out all that action and we will. Let's see. Today is what is today? The 22nd? 22nd. So by the time you're hearing this, it'll be, you know, uh, about five days from now. And so some of these bowl games, you know, will have uh, finished up that we picked last week and we'll know more about our results. And uh, by the time we record again, it'll be after the first of the year. We'll be uh, previewing the national title game. So, yeah, uh, I think next episode, uh, the week of the second. It'll yeah. be a quick read. I mean, we're not going to go over forty bowl game picks. We'll we'll go kind of no. big picture and yeah, kind of review maybe some highlights, uh, hits and misses type deal. But next yeah. episode will be mostly New Year Six and semifinal review, and then a look ahead at the college football playoff championship game. Indeed. All right. Well, until then, uh, we will be back with you after the new year. So. We hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.